0: Big City Podcast with Vance and Bart. Is
1: that when there's no comfort fitting in a fake safety you no one
0: believes it. All
1: right. So, uh, we have a we would say this is breaking breaking news it's uh it's broke
2: news because it, it happened like yes yesterday or the day before well, you know, we're libertarians who don't watch mainstream news, so it's like uh yeah,
1: this is a new month news. old this is a month old <laughs> It's new to us <laughs> it's
2: it's something it's pressing news if I mean, I think that's a good way to put
1: it It's timely it's, it's still important. we're still within the window where this yes. is i'd say relevant yes. and topical right not in we don't, this, not like an ointment right we don't do a lot of current
2: events on this show like i think we talk a little bit more broad uh, but this one i think we both felt was worth just getting out right away and saying this is bad we need to be against this openly and outspoken about it because there's still a window that we could make this wildly uh, unpopular and stop it from happening. So,
1: yeah, we, we, we deal very much in um, not just the the theoretical a lot, but just sort of broader topics and things that are meant to move and change slowly. But this is something we think that there is. There's very much an opportunity for change here, and uh, the, the idea of put your money where your mouth is, I think uh, we, we hold a lot of folks accountable to that, and we should hold ourselves accountable to that as well, so I think that's why it's important for us to sort of tackle this. So um, yeah, how do you want to do this? Do we, do we want to uh, maybe, maybe listen to a couple of uh, announcements maybe? Yeah, let's get our producing staff to pull up the clip real quick. Jamie, uh, roll on uh, clip one.
0: Giving us more and more ability to fight back the Delta variant. By fighting the Delta variant, we will continue our recovery and we will ultimately beat COVID. So today I announce a new approach, which we're calling the Key to NYC Pass, the Key to New York City. When you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. This is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's gonna open up to you. You'll have the key, you can open the door. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. The only way to patronize these establishments indoors will be if you're vaccinated, at least one dose. The same for folks in terms of work, they'll need at least one dose. This is crucial because we know that this will encourage a lot more vaccination. We've seen it already. We've seen the impact of the mandate we've been put in place for city workers, already starting to move people to vaccination. We've obviously seen the positive impact of incentive as well. The goal here is to convince everyone that this is the time. If we're gonna stop the Delta variant, the time is now. And that means getting vaccinated right now. This new policy will be phased in over the coming weeks. So we've been working with the business community, getting input, we're gonna do more over the next few weeks. The final details of the policy will be announced and implemented in the week of August 16th. So over the next couple of weeks, getting more feedback, finalizing the policy, publishing it, and beginning to implement it. We'll then spend most of a month educating people, going out to businesses, receiving calls from businesses, answering questions and concerns, making sure everyone understands the new approach. And then on September 13th, during that week, we'll begin inspections and enforcement. So we want to give businesses, big and small, a chance to get acclimated. We want to make adjustments based on their input. But this will move forward starting in the week of August 16th. And then full enforcement and inspection begins the week of September 13th which is very pertinent because that's the first full week after Labor Day when we really expect a lot more activity in this city. Now I'll tell you, we know those conversations with the business community are crucial. We've had a lot of them already. What we're hearing from so many folks in the business community is they understand it's time, but they need government to lead. That's gonna help them to do what they need to do. Not everyone's gonna agree with this, I understand that. But for so many people, this is going to be the life-saving act, that we're putting a mandate in place that's going to guarantee a much higher level of vaccination in this city. And that is the key to protecting people and the key to our recovery. That's why it's the key to NYC. The key to NYC pass opens a lot of doors, and we need it. We'll be issuing a mayoral executive order and a health commissioner's order. Those are the legal tools necessary to implement this approach. and. We know that this is what's going to turn the tide. And we also know that people are going to get a really clear message. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. you got to get vaccinated. It's time. All the answers, all the information's out there. You've seen mm-hmm. over 160 million Americans get vaccinated safely. You've seen it make the difference. The only reason we're having the recovery is vaccination. So it's time. And this is going to send that message clearly. And the key to NYC Pass, this is an easy approach because to confirm vaccination, all you need is your vaccination card <clears throat> or the NYC COVID Safe app or the Excelsior app from the state. Any of those will do. So it's simple. Just show it and you're in. Everyone, this summer already has been amazing in the city and a lot more to come. This approach is going to make clear you want to enjoy everything great in this summer of New York City? Go get vaccinated.
1: Mhm. Okay. Um that was fun. It's just worth saying so that we're all 100% on the same page sanity check here. Yeah. We just listened to an uninterrupted several minutes of the mayor of New York City on August 3rd saying those things to the public. Right. Um which is
2: we, you all know where I stand on uh, these kind of things, but um, so we all uh, this is pretty widely known that people are fleeing New York at, at, at a very rapid pace for places that have a little more freedom in movement and whatnot. Um, so I think it's fair to point out that he's not incentivizing where he says incentives to get the vaccine. It's not an incentive. He's taking something away from you that you already had and then offering to give it back if you do what he says. So that's not what I, that's not an incentive in my, I always, I feel like incentives are positive things, whatnot, not as opposed to like, punishments for or, you know, stealing. uh, I think it's more of a ransom than anything, than an incentive. But um, besides that, if we really thought about this issue and say, I am on the side of figuring out how to make in this nation, make people get a vaccine that they don't really want in a place like new york that has extremely high state taxes i think the right that would help the people who supposedly are just too dumb or don't know to get it help them in multiple ways like getting the vaccine that will supposedly save their life even though they say it doesn't help against the delta variant but um it um it would be tax breaks. Why would you not just say, hey, if you get the vaccine in New York as a New York citizen, you don't pay state taxes for X amount of years? I think that that would be, um, we're talking about giving bailouts to people, businesses going under, things like that. I think that that would be a huge benefit to the businesses that are already going to suffer because people aren't going to come to New York because of that. And it would probably stop people from leaving New York as fast because of the the state tax. I know they're going to places that don't even have state taxes or whatever, but there would be less
1: of that incentive for them to leave New York. Um, Well, you saw that where you live, right? With the, with the film industry, right? right? The Georgia, Georgia doing tax cuts shows that an entire industry will happily move across the country to, you know, get, get subsidized work.
2: Right. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, just to, to reiterate the, the, the CDC, um, most of the experts are saying now that the, uh, that the Delta variant does spread between vaccinated people people who are vaccinated are getting it um they're saying that they're not getting it as bad but they're they they're stating that from the numbers from like three months ago when the delta variant wasn't here the numbers they're using to say that are from three months ago poll when less of us were vaccinated and they and the delta variant wasn't here so like Of course, less people with the vaccine got it when only a few of us were vaccinated in the country anyway, right? So those numbers are completely false. And they've stopped reporting on whether you've gotten vaccinated and got the Delta variant in modern and in the new numbers. And they're just making a blanket claim that they're less sick. There's no, there's no scientific numbers or anything to support that because they don't keep a record on that. So, uh, with that being said, it's just not adding up that it's working on the Delta variant. Um, I had it. I had the Delta. I'm fine. I'm pretty sure I had the other one, too. But the Delta is the only one that made me kind of sick. But um, I just like to put that out there because I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm against. I don't want to get this vaccine. It's not that I'm against this vaccination. I'm against any coercion to get the vaccination. I personally don't want it and I don't want it for my kids. But I have no problems with anybody who does want it going to get it. So let's uh I think let's get into it uh unless you have something you want to say first before well, we get into just arguing the
1: points. Well, I, I think <clears throat> I I think there are there are a couple of things that this opens the Pandora's box on, right? Cuz you you're sort of talking about the you're talking about it from that kind of health perspective. Of mm-hmm. what what a vaccine is and what data shows, and we we obviously haven't even talked about the the FDA approval, right? Because um, here's what frightens me a little bit is that uh, this is this is obviously not FDA approved because uh, this is a Trump vaccine, right? We we've quickly forgotten that this was Trump who pushed these vaccines forward. And Trump, who under an emergency order—was uh, it Project Warp Speed or something like that—he's rushing through the approval of these vaccines. So mm-hmm. uh, these are the same vaccines that Trump put through. And while we have gotten him out of office, uh, I think you know the, those lingering lingering effects are still there. So for something that's not even approved, you know, that's sort of on the health side, but. Just on the policy side, another thing that I think is worth worth talking about from like health and policy and and separating kind of the state from your health is what happens in the hands of of those business owners who are like, you know, transphobic or you know against the the that community, right? like when you when when people are subjected to policies based on Disclosing your health or disclosing things about your life—how would that be different if I'm a business owner who is now, uh, you know, keeping someone out of my business because I want them to disclose whether they're on hormone replacement therapy? Um, when we we are we're we're thinking about only this. And we're not thinking about what this opens the door to. And I don't think it's slippery slope fallacy because we've seen how a lot of Republican leadership have absolutely used um, the state to interfere in our health care around things like abortion. Um, you know, sort of the the my body, my choice is a response to very much the. The Republican leadership looking into policing your body and and the healthcare uh, sector. So there are some things like that that I just think are are pretty dangerous. But um yeah, I, I think that's all I'd I'd really like to call out. Cause honestly, I think the the people that will be most affected, if I'm gonna be completely honest, and the people that I'm the most worried about are gonna be the undocumented. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it goes without saying that the the folks who are who are undocumented um, would be in a very compromised position when it comes to not only having to register to get the vaccine, but also having to then register onto several of these uh, lists. And have their location being known and their comings and goings being known. Uh, we're obviously at a at a place where government and big data are merging, right? So the the sort of uh, watching of data and you know all of these corporations taking your data and buying and selling it—they're now doing that uh, with things beyond just your. Data around consumption, they're doing it with your healthcare data. And like whether you're you're vaccinated or not, which then they can overlay and how easy is it for them to send that over to ICE? Mm. How easy is it for them to do that? Not only for undocumented workers, but even just for undocumented folks to participate in society. Right? If you're if you're working. At a place you would have to get, it just creates those barriers for them to participate in society. And then uh, any marginalized group beyond that is having uh, that struggle as well. And and when I say marginalized, we're also assuming that everyone has access to those uh, pieces of digital technology, which can do that. Because we keep talking about how easy it is to download an app. But we know that not everybody has a smartphone or has access to a smartphone or reliable internet. We, we saw this in the pandemic, right? We saw so many of these uh, families who had to have uh, help with getting their children on uh, you know, e-learning or telehealth mm-hmm. because access to reliable internet connectivity and reliable technology and smartphones that are able to support these apps uh, is not a given,
2: Right. And the apps themselves tend to crash a lot. The, uh, especially the government ones. I don't know if, uh, any of the listeners have young kids in elementary school or starting elementary school, but, uh, signing up for all those apps, you realize one, that they're just paying for these apps to give money to their buddies who developed them because they're not doing anything. And two, they crash all the time. Um, but Something you said about uh, the FDA and whatnot. Like, I know that we advocate for the abolishment of the FDA and things like that. But uh, to get uh, not to get off on the side note too much, what Bart's trying to say here is that there was no vetting of this. And because they waived the liability of these companies for any recourse if there is a problem there was no incentive for them to make sure that there wasn't there's just an incentive to get it out there and make that money okay you know when we say we well, want to get rid of the fda because it kills people we say that knowing that there's other options out there like what we have today with electronics you are that's a private company that's very well respected has a very Good track record. Therefore, if you have a UR label on your electronic piece of equipment, you're pretty damn sure that it's not going to catch fire and burn down your house because they can't have that because they would lose their credibility as a private company. And then people wouldn't pay f- to have their stuff tested by them. That's a completely different way than the FDA works. Okay. So we're not saying that because these weren't vetted by the FDA. The, we're saying that they, it's, it's right. The FDA is a good thing. We're just saying, remember this, that it's, it's not vetted by anybody
1: and the liability is waived. Well, they're what we have, right? We can, we can talk about the viability and feasibility and economics around the FDA all day, but that's, that's, I think, a different conversation is what you're saying, right? It's, right? That's a different conversation. The conversation we're having now is that the FDA is what we have, and as a nation it's what we have and, and is all we have to rely on and if we're going to rely on anything they're who we have so at at the very least let's let's go through the channels we have established
2: uh yeah i guess i would say uh, the more important thing would be able to sue them if they were to hurt us i think that would be the more effective way of saving people's lives and making sure that this this is safe because if If it's going to hit them in their wallet, they're going to watch out. That's what big corporations do. But if it's not going to hit them in their wallet, there's a lot of people out there that can say, let's move forward. And it's not technically their choice. It's just their division. So when the people start dying, but their numbers start going up, it's like that person's a little disconnected from the fact that they killed that person. It's so, uh, we need the money to be the reflective thing. So you, we need to be able to sue these companies or in this case with De Blasio and like, we need to be able to sue the state of New York now because I wasn't going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, we need to be able to hurt somebody and their money if they're going to make us. You know what I mean? It's the only way. Um, but let's hope that we can get this wildly, make this wildly unpopular, and it just doesn't happen. So,
1: well, and we are I mean, talking about two different things, right? Yeah. Like we're we're talking about one being the the safety of the vaccine itself, yeah, right, which I think resonates with a lot of folks. But I I know a lot of a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues who are very, very pro-vax and uh, very much spiteful of the anti-vax movement. And I think it's important for us to remember, while a lot of the things that we are proposing uh, might be you know, hurting those anti-vaxxers or people that you think of as um, anti-science, just know that the collateral damage of that are marginalized groups. When we, mm-hmm. when we, when we fight for these people who are marginalized, who are at, at the, these sort of intersectional folks who are on the fringe, they are hurt more than anyone. And I, I can understand the response, which the, the I can, I can understand the spite against anti-vaxxers and being anti-science and believing that this vaccine is the way and believing that this is how we got rid of polio and MMR. But I think that's a different conversation because we are talking about not only the safety of the vaccine, which is its own conversation, but just the idea that we're opening up visibility into things that can be weaponized in the wrong hands. The idea that people can look into your... Medical history and enforce that at the door of every business, it's not unreasonable to believe that we now are preventing undocumented workers and undocumented people within our society from going into grocery stores to get food, from going into pharmacies to get medicine. That is where this could quickly devolve to. And we are thinking about New York and we're thinking about uh, where that could go but think about what this precedent of a policy could do in some of these places in the south where we have some very very conservative leadership who could take this and run with this in a very different direction and that's that would be my warning uh, to everyone is is while I think we do want to you know do do right by everyone let's just make sure we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater.
2: Yeah. I think it's important to remember that we all have our ways of life that we want to have. We want to live and we've gotten to a place in society where instead of living the life that we want to live, we listen to the TV and we try to force other people to live the way that we want to live. And we think that we're fighting back for our way of life, but all we're doing is giving the other side a tool to use against us later, whichever side you're on. Uh, I, th- I think that we need to forget about government being the answer to our social problems because all it does is divide us further. Uh, I, I know that I have friends on that, that lean left, uh, bart for example and plenty of others and i have friends that lean very right and because i don't advocate for somebody to make them do something by the threat of violence um we get along very well uh even with opposing you know um ways of life lifestyles or whatever um, and I think people need to get back to that. I, I, it wasn't always this divided in everything um, as I grew up and it is now. And it's because we are advocating for every little portion of your life we're we're saying the government should stop people from doing this or start make people do that. and And it shouldn't be that way at all. It should. Like I said, if you want to get this vaccine, get it. It's not, it's not stopping the spread, according to the experts right now, even the experts who want to say it is, the ones who were denying it when it wasn't. But, but if you feel like that's the best way to go for you, like absolutely, let's do it. I don't feel that way for me and my family. Okay? And it's not my responsibility to make you feel better. At the detriment of my health. So quit doing that because you're going to put you're going to put something onto you and your family that you don't want. When you give a group that much power, what happens when, you know, we had Donald Trump and, you know, what if he was as bad as the news said he was? And he had this power. What if we actually elected Hitler? What if, like, because it would happen today, as much as we listen to popular, this populist movement and popular whatever and whatever the TV tells us, like it would happen today. He would get elected. So, like, let's say he was born and we elected him. Like, what happens if he has this power? And he got that power. Like, that. that was... What happened? Like when you, if you're reaching for that power against somebody and they're to have their medical information and to force them to do things with their body that they don't want to do, you, you're not doing it for good reasons. There's no reason to do
1: it for good reasons. A, a good person wouldn't do that. No matter
2: what the TV says.
1: It's